0: Alex Marlowe, editor in chief of Breitbart News, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. Joe Biden has tapped America's strategic oil reserves and sent the oil to China and a bunch of other places around the world. He should be impeached for this, and at a minimum, he should offer an explanation for how this could have possibly happened, but he won't, and we'll all continue to pay exorbitant amounts at the pump. We get into the latest in the economy and politics before we have our woke update, which features NPR using your tax dollars to queer our youths. Yes, that's what they're doing, and you'll want to figure out what that is. And climate crazies are blocking the beltway and doing their best to ruin the life of at least one man in the process, plus much more. Then we speak to Dr. Sebastian Gorka about the resignation of Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the UK, which took place during the live broadcast on Sirius XM Patriot 125. And then we get his thoughts on Biden's latest failings and the rest of his agenda, which includes trying to provide more taxpayer funds for abortions for illegal aliens, apparently. Shocking stuff, but yet not at all shocking in some ways. Let's get into it right now. We'll start with what I think is one of the scandals of uh, of the entire Biden administration, one that he should be impeached for instantly. And I'm curious whether or not the uh, Republicans agree with me on this one, which is that Joe Biden tapped our strategic oil reserve to try to lessen the burden that many of you are having at the gas pump. Uh, I filled up on Tuesday and uh, Mrs. Dr. Marlowe's car. That's the big that's the big nice one. Not my car, which is the loaner, but uh, Mrs. Doctor's Marlowe's car. The uh, the and it, it, and it, the gas price had ticked down a bit, and I was thinking maybe we could squeeze it in under 130 bucks, and we couldn't. Couldn't. It was 130 and change, so um, we pushed it above 140. So they definitely ticked down a touch, but still, you know, for our family, got to be close to 75, 80 percent increase um, in our neck of the woods to where it was when you took office. So uh, he has tapped our strategic oil reserves and and has sent them to foreign countries. And those foreign countries include China, 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 as President Trump has been known to say. So the whole point of the strategic oil reserves, which the U.S. government has, and specifically the uh, almost entirely useless Department of Energy, is to hold um, millions upon millions, hundreds of millions of barrels in total in the event of an emergency. I recall that he tapped them two times. He tapped them, first of all, because the gas prices were going up too much and his polls were down too much which is not a good reason to tap them. Then you tap them again when Putin had invaded Ukraine and that was causing global supply chain issues that was seeing a rapid spike in the rate. And that was a good reason to tap it. That actually is exactly what they're there for, is when there's these wild changes in your ability to get the gas because of other geopolitical issues. But, you know, he can't have a pipeline. Uh, There isn't a pipeline he doesn't want to kill. There is an oil and gas leak that he has not tried to block. And he is simply has no interest in producing affordable energy for this country. He has an interest in producing wind and solar. The uh, like a sorcerer who's going to harness the power of the wind and the power of the sun. And I say this is someone who owns solar panels, so I'm not a uh, exactly 100% negative on that stuff, but I just know that is not the solution for us to move forward and to get out of the managed decline that we're in. He shut down offshore oil and gas pipeline productions. And so he taps the strategic oil reserve because the calculation doesn't work great in terms of Americans not being very mad at him that everything is more expensive. So where does all that all of that go? Well, according to Reuters, uh, apparently did not go to uh, it did not go exactly to where it should have gone. Here is the key uh, portion of this report that came out. Um, A day or so ago, more than 5 million barrels of oil that were part of 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 the historic U.S. energy reserves that were released to lower domestic fuel prices were exported to Europe and Asia last month, according to data and sources, even as U.S. gasoline and diesel prices hit record highs. The fourth largest U.S. oil refiner, Philip 66, shipped about 470,000 barrels of sour crude from the Big Hill SPR storage site in Texas to Trieste, Italy, according to U.S. Customs data. It's not great. Trieste is home to a pipeline that sends oil to refineries in Central Europe, and the Atlantic Trading and Marketing, ATMI, and arm of the French oil major, uh, major total energies, supported two cargoes to uh them as well so uh, we're not alone here in being this stupid um there's a lot a lot of people being this stupid but a third cargo headed to china according to another source uh there was also crude that was sent to netherlands and india we sent all around the world including china is that not the humiliation Is that not the humiliation of this administration, among so many others? So uh, I'll give you John Nolte's take on this. You would only do this if you hate this country. This oil is about protecting America's national security, and this oil can help down gas prices for America. And Biden was either too careless, too negligent, too stupid, or too downright anti-American to make sure he got to the right place. No good answer to this one. Either guy doesn't like the country at least as much as he, as he should, or he's so incompetent that this would happen. Uh, even though it is the number one issue, it is literally the number one issue: is inflation and the gas prices are you know what one and two, and I see them as tire, entirely related. America being self-sufficient, America being insulated and protected from the rest of the world. This is the problem so often. This is what is missing so often. And it's not just here in the United States. I was just talking to a journalist who will have on the show next week about oh, what's going on in the Netherlands, where the government is cutting nitrogen emissions, which is a, turns a massive crackdown on cattle. Uh, the greenies are going wild and the government is letting them do it and it's not just here it's all the it's the globalist project though i must say one of the more stunning videos of the I'll say the last week or so was climate protesters blocking traffic um on the beltway which is the 495 and the police uh, came and ultimately there were some uh, arrests that were made. I'll get into that in a second. But we have footage of Breitbart on the front page. Paul Bois wrote it up for us. But this was on July 4th and the video, just kind of started being around yesterday, of a, a, a there were activists demanding Biden declare a climate emergency. They blocked traffic on the Beltway in Maryland, just outside of D.C., which the Beltway runs just north by like a few blocks of you know D.C. proper maybe not a few blocks maybe a mile or two and it's that um, loop that runs all the way around the capital um, and there are all these protesters that block traffic and they're wearing green vests and uh, one uh, driver got up to the front and was screaming at them and pleading with them saying he was a parolee and if that if he wasn't allowed to go through then he was gonna get uh, fired and could potentially go back to jail Now, I don't know if the guy was telling the truth, but I'll tell you, he certainly looked like he was telling the truth. He looked pretty fired up. One lane, I'm asking for one lane, he says. And then he began tearing signs and trying to get the protesters to move, but then even some of the others were coming up and trying to restrain him. Clearly getting very agitated. So this is the effect, is trying to ruin a guy's life. So he claims he's going to go back to jail if he if he was late, and yeah, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just blocking the sitting there, blocking a bunch of people who vote for Democrats all the time, trying to drive around the highway. But the worst part of this to me was when the cops came up. Guess what the, was the first thing they did? They arrested the guy who was pleading with them to get out of the highway so he could go to work. First move from the cops. I I note this as you guys know the show is uh, overwhelmingly pro police, and you guys know the Breitbart is overwhelmingly pro police to the uh, to a uh, orders of magnitude. But I have to say that w- I was stunned by this, and this is not the first example that we've cited in the last few weeks of cops uh, not uh, optimizing their abilities to help the citizenry. They go and they detain the guy who is pleading for the people who are blocking traffic to get out of the way. And you're sitting, you watch the cops come in and they arrest the guy. And there's all these people, these green protesters blocking traffic on the literal beltway surrounding Washington in green vests. They're not the problem. Apparently, they eventually start to get arrested as well. But the first move is get the guy who's pleading with them so he can go to work so, so he doesn't get arrested. Not a good look for the cops, but uh, not a good look for uh, anyone. And the fact that so many of these, I guess the only thing I like about it is that the they are penalizing the people who do vote for these policies. The type of policies that make us that we can't get our own oil out of the ground and we can't do our own fracking. Um... And part of it is is you have to acknowledge also at this point in time is that we also have a, a cowardly corporate class. Um, we have a list going on now, Breitbart and we keep this updated. Penny Star has been keeping track of this of 64 US businesses who are vowing to pay to abort unborn babies after the Roe versus Wade reversal. We've not seen any of them who have said that they will pay for the the mother to have the children instead. They're feeling the financial pinch. Maybe they could throw four or five grand at someone to not abort their children. And we have it in the alphabetical list. Everywhere from Airbnb to Amazon, Adidas, Apple, Bank of America, CNN, Comcast, CVS. It's kind of ironic. Dick Sporting Goods is unbelievable. How many Dick Sporting Goods employees that apply to? J.P. Morgan Chase, Levi's, Kroger, Lyft. Meta, Netflix, Nike, Paramount, Patagonia, Reddit, Procter & Gamble, Sony. Oh, SiriusXM's not on here yet. SiriusXM's on this. I'm going to have to get that added. See, it's even more. Even more. Walt Disney, of course. Zillow, Yelp, Yahoo, on and on and on out of the 60. Uh, It won't stand up to the green lobby and just know that that is literally paying for people to kill their babies, and then they have more time to dedicate to the corporation instead of dedicating it towards building a family. High five. Great job, corporate America. All right, so the GDP is stalling and inflation is still storing, so this has been a celebrity bout of stagflation. I just recommend flat out and uh, John Carney will be in the broadcast tomorrow, but I recommend flat out. Read everything John Carney is writing every day at Breitbart. I'll try to give you the highlights here but if you spend any time on the Internet, I would check in with him and what he's reporting in our Breitbart Business Digest that he and I work on every afternoon is a a, a must subscribe at this point because you get all the details because there are some interesting data points in the economy. They're not total horrible disasters. Like, for example, the labor market's actually fairly strong. It's got some um, there's some nuance behind that. But there were 11.3 million job openings and 4.3 million quits. They're showing the labor market is actually red hot right now. So the one good thing that's going is that if you want a job, you can get it. And it does give the worker some power in the marketplace. Um, but that said, wages are still not keeping up with inflation anyway. So the, generally the best part about that would be it's a good chance if it's that competitive, it's, we're going uh, to see wages rise, but the, the raises are not uh, rising at the level of inflation still. But, you know, you get this level of detail that I'm just not going to be able to ace for you every single day. But he writes yesterday that the growth of the U.S. economy appeared to stall at the end of the second quarter as both the service and manufacturing, uh, as both services and manufacturing weakened, according to um, S&P Global. I'm sorry, which came out um, with some their data this week. Barometer of business activity. And he gives you all the the details. But ultimately, the key point is, um, according... Um, according to um, the chief business economist at S&P, that there is some welcome news in terms of of marked of marked easing in upward price pressures, but it's clear that the price growth remains elevated despite coming off recent peaks, all of which point to a bout of stagflation in the near term. So that's where you've got an economy that's stagnating and inflation continues, which we all know that's kind of happening, but when you're hearing people who are, you know, top analysts of the stuff in the world saying it's happening, uh, that's the scary stuff because that shows that the, there's inflation is runaway. There's no chance of slowing it down at the moment unless, of course, you really cripple the economy, which is what the Fed is considering. And it is the move that the Fed made when they jacked up the rates, uh, 75 basis points, and they've got a uh, th- th- there there will be a greater rise to come. It's just a matter of will it be at that rate still probably won't. But basically the Fed officials agreed to deliberately throttle the U.S. economy to try to bring down inflation because that was what they decided they had to do they had to cool it off. So um, and that is scheduled to uh, th- there's a meeting that's scheduled to begin in July 26, and we'll see another hike. I'm guessing but we'll see if it's that much. That's what we're keeping an eye out for. A Harvard economist warned of potential for a pretty big recession with no soft landing. This is something that should concern people, needless to say. And I think we're going to see it trickle into the way people are doing their spending. And I think one of the things that people are catching on to is you discussed a great deal yesterday in the broadcast with Frank Gaffney when he was on those of you who listen to the live show that China is having a problem financially and economically. Their economy is doing very, very poorly. And whatever they're reporting, which is not good, just bet it's much worse than what the reality is. The reality is much worse than what's being reported. So the um fed is not able to control it uh, that this top harvard economist says we report out of brightport news um there's no stop for joe biden from going to ohio to announce that he's going to do an amazing job to bring manufacturing back to the united states even though you know we're seeing stuff like uh, us sending our sheet oil reserves to china and he's so toxic now that tim ryan who's running against jd vance for that sentency, won't even go and hang out with biden It is kind of becoming fun to watch Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, comment on this stuff. He was on CNBC saying that we're going to be seeing COVID shockwaves for quite some time. That's what this is all about, it's COVID. And again, just finding creative ways to pass the buck. If you consider the magnitude of the shock that the pandemic created, we're going to continue seeing those shockwaves reverberate through our economy, I think, for quite some time. We're also, of course, seeing that these very, very challenging pressures on prices, whether we're talking about energy, whether we're talking about goods, whether we're talking about shipping. And it's that interaction of those two high demand, which is great news, but really a challenge for the supply side to keep up with that. That's put us in an economic situation that continues to be really tough to manage. He he doesn't even have any idea what he's saying. Literally, he's no idea what he's saying. Just the guy is so over his skis, but hey, he's going to be one of the top guys. Be president? Why? Because the donor class likes the way he does on TV. All right, eight six six ninety five Patriot. Some other things that are worth noting: uh, Gavin Newsom out of California, who's running for president in maybe twenty twenty four, if not twenty twenty eight. Is vacationing in Montana despite California banning travel to the state. Doesn't matter. This won't hurt him at all in California. Recall there was a recall effort and he won overwhelmingly out there. Um, but there are some people who don't fare quite as well out in California. George Gascon, who is the LA district attorney, who has been just pummeled for his uh, soft on crime policies. Where it seems like he can't find a criminal he isn't willing to reduce a sentence or let off the hook. And the recall that is going on out there has hit its uh, deadline, and they've turned in 717,000 signatures, which is 26% more than the target of 566,000. So that leaves a chance for a lot of signatures to get rejected, and still enough for the recall to hit the ballot. If it hits the ballot, he'll almost certainly lose. So that's a good thing. But still, it is we're so behind on common sense in some of these blue areas. Kind of depressing to read the story of the famous Dodger Stadium vendor who a guy named Roger Owens, who is famous for the way he throws peanuts to people who spend nine dollars for peanuts at Dodger Stadium. Maybe it's more now, but I think it was nine last time I got some. Um, I used to go to 10 Dodger games this summer back when I was in my baseball days, and uh, Roger Owens was can't miss. I didn't know that was his name, but he uh, was unbelievable, just firing peanuts at you from 40, 50 feet away, or he's hitting you right in the breadbasket behind his back. We get some footage of it at Breitbart, but it was a blast, and the peanuts are delicious, and they're fun, and he's been told to stop throwing them due to safety concerns. Do you think that's coincidental that's happening in L.A. versus happening in uh, r- regular America? Um, it, the, the left becomes anti-fun. They become joyless, scolds. Andrew Breitbart saw this before anyone else. I knew. There's. I did not see anyone who uh, could uh, who who saw that coming. The writing on the wall there more than Andrew. He was the first one. So the left is becoming joyless, becoming scold. They used to be fun. They used to be cool. Now they're not. More on the Highland Park suspect, he had a FOID, which is Firearms Owner Identification Card, that was sponsored by his father a month after the, the incident we mentioned 2019 where knives were confiscated from the family home. I'm saying if you start holding the parents accountable, I think these mass shootings are going to stop. Parents are checked out. Dad gets him on the gun list so he can get a gun, even an area with a heavy gun control. Why? Maybe he didn't want to seem like a mean dad. He had a crazy kid who was nuts and had mental health issues, probably on heavy drugs. Who knows? We'll see. And what happens is not only do people die, but then other law-abiding Americans could lose more rights. Kamala Harris has called for limiting who has access to assault weapons. Of course, she wants that. That's what the government wants. The government wants the, the populace, the citizenry, to have fewer access to assault weapons. Now, what's her definition of assault weapon? This will keep changing, and it'll go from, um, you know, bazookas and tanks to AR-15s to eventually handguns and shotguns. Like, that's what it'll be. So we're on that slippery slope now, but that's what the government does. That's why we have a Second Amendment, is the government wants to limit who has access to this stuff. On the political front, the Democrats are doing so poorly now that there's a lot of leaking to try to push Joe Biden out that's going on. I've mentioned some of it on the broadcast and the latest was uh, in the hill that had a report largely from anonymous Democrats suggesting quote our house is on fire and Democrat strategists are sounding the alarm over Biden's setbacks. And we've noted that Biden's underwater by in uh, 48 states even in California, and his home state of Delaware, that don't think he's doing a good job, according to at least some polls. And now there's an effort to try to suggest, how to, I think the Democrats are playing, praying he doesn't run, so that he has a chance, um, or the Democrats have a chance in 2024. And even though it's high risk, if Trump runs, the negatives against Trump will be so that a fresh-faced Democrat might have a chance. But if Biden runs, they're gonna really have a hard time. And this is why, part of the reason why they're doing January, January the 6th is they really have to marshal a lot of people against Trump um, or, or else some sort of Trumpian Republican. They'll say everyone is Trump. They'll act like DeSantis is Trump or Pompeo is Trump or whoever would be the nominee if Trump doesn't doesn't run. Um, but it's gonna, they'll act like everyone's Trump. But the the, the scenario they want is run against Trump and say yes it, the uh, things aren't going great but Biden's out he's stepping aside and it's all better than that crook trump that's that's how they're going to do it that's going to be the narrative mark my words but democrats are now uh, saying that the they're frustrated with uh, Biden's uh, uh, uselessness and saying that's infuriating most of them are too cowardly to put their names on it more White House turnover, trusted longtime aide, Kate Bedingfield, who is the communications director, is out. How could you undo communications for this White House? Wow. And the rest of the Democrat Party's not doing great either. There are very few upsides. Uh, Raphael Warnock was caught using campaign funds to fight a personal lawsuit, according to a Politico report, Senator out of Georgia. And the Democrats are focused now on a $500 billion climate and Obamacare package because they don't have anything else to do other than spend. That's all they do is spend, 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 spend. That's all they do. Um, Even though we're in the middle of inflation, they don't have any other solutions. That's all they know. That's all they've known. And they've gotten away with it for so long. But maybe with inflation, maybe they're going to be forced to do something else. Uh, Most humorous political story of the day has to be Lori Lightfoot saying that she's worried about the toxicity in our public discourse, despite the fact that she's previously yelled F. Clarence Thomas in recent weeks, just last week that she was yelling F. Clarence Thomas publicly. But she's afraid of the toxicity of the public discourse. So and there is a when she got attacked for that, she tweeted a photo of her pointing to a guy who had a shirt that says that says F. Clarence Thomas with her smiling. All right. Maybe she's got bigger fish to fry given the crime rate, particularly the shootings in Chicago. That's just my take. All right. We've entered our woke update. Still waiting for that theme music. we am going to figure that out. A Popeye comic strip is getting a woke makeover. More characters who aren't heterosexual. Well, it has the effect of I am I, I did not know the Popeye comic strip was around. So now we're talking about it on the show, so it's publicity. Uh, it's the are people getting that sometimes the woke stuff doesn't work. Maybe it feels good for a second, but business-wise not smart. Uh, the woke light year movies gross just a third of previous Toy Story chapters. A third. So it took a brand that was beloved the toy story brand is you know hundreds of millions of dollars box office automatic and near 100 percent approval from critics near 100 percent approval from audiences no one didn't like toy story and they just uh, the fire right wing tim allen add some uh lesbian uh make out scenes or at least one of them and then it bombs As I noted uh, late in yesterday's broadcast, uh, Tom Hanks said that he did not understand why Tim Allen was replaced. Hey, Tom, I understand. He's got the wrong politics. And they put uh, woke Chris Evans in there. So embarrassing for Chris Evans and all of Disney. NPR wants to queer the youth. And they had a big initiative out, a broadcast segment, saying that the, and again, this is one where you might want to turn on Howard Stern if you have any kids in the car right now. Um, they recommend you date yourself. They redefine sex. They redefine sexually transmitted diseases as not dirty. They promote masturbation, and they denounce the, uh, oh, oh they, they call it a terrible lie that uh, sexually transmitted diseases makes you dirty. Okay. Good use of your tax dollars. And uh, this is a, of course, they refer the don't say gay law in there, which has nothing to do with saying gay or not. And a lot of pandering to the LGBTs, the Qs, the pluses, the extra Ls, the ampersands, the pregnant men, all of them out there getting pandered to. So it's uh, all designed to create perversion, depravity, and most importantly, confusion. I mean, that's the main thing. Your parents, your family, none of you can help you understand how the world really works. Science has no answers for you. The only answers are the woke media and woke corporations. That's where you get all your values. Here is what this sort of thing produces. The guy named Jerry Harris, who's a former star of the Netflix docu-series Cheer, was sentenced Wednesday to 12 years in federal prison for soliciting sex from minors and persuading young boys to send him nude photos and videos. He pled guilty in February, as we mentioned, on two charges of sexually assaulting a 15-year-old in the bathroom during a cheer competition, paying a 17-year-old to send him sexually explicit photos via Snapchat, according to court records. USA Today is reporting this. as uh, Everyone's got it, but I'm just looking at USA Today's version. But Netflix star, cheerleader, definitely someone that certainly falls in one of those categories that we're talking about. And you are seeing more chatter about uh, uh, minimizing pedophilia if not making excuses for it. Grooming the kids. And this is the type of people they want to elevate. These are the exact same people they want to give television shows to. But here's the trick on this one. Joe Biden had held an Instagram chat with Jerry Harris weeks before he was placed under FBI investigation for this. Solicited sex and explicit pictures, specifically from these twin brothers who busted him. But Joe Biden sat down with this guy. That is how Joe Biden is wired. It is not solve problems, it is to what is the wokest person, who's the wokest person I can talk to, what's the wokest policy I can have. Let's do that and let's see how that goes. guest is dr sebastian gorka who is a noted broadcaster author tv host and someone we check in with pretty much every week on the live broadcast and he has a great deal of expertise in a couple of crucial areas national security but also he's an insider in maga world trump world which is always important to keep an eye on what they're thinking at any given moment so he's also a great conversationalist and a good friend let's hear the interview Dr. G, great to have you back on. I will start with the breaking news this morning. Boris Johnson set to step down as prime minister of the UK. Uh, What does this mean to you? Does it mean anything or is it just kind of we're just going to pass the baton to someone else and get the same kind of crappy policies and um, (laughs) leftism coming from the alleged conservative party in the UK?
1: Yeah, uh, great, great, great question. the trouble with, with Boris is that he was a larger-than-life figure. This uh, former editor, this former mayor of London, uh, was, there, there was something a little bit Trumpian about him. He was a, a larger-than-life sure. character. He didn't really care much for what the uh, established media, establishment media wanted to uh, say about him, um, which is a good thing. But he was a massive, a, a huge disappointment. Not only because there were elements of his policies that were straight out of the the left wing Labour playbook. Uh, after COVID, uh, the, the the civil rights of the British. I mean, this is a, this is a, one of the first nations where the police were used to uh, shepherd people. And to um, make sure that they were you know, locked away at home, not out on the streets exercising, getting fresh air or living their lives in, in a way that was utterly, utterly un-British. On top of that, the, the assaults on, on freedom of speech. Yes, they don't have a First Amendment like we do. But, you know, the actual use of the police by a Tory government to crack down on people for saying the wrong thing on Twitter or on Facebook or on social media was shocking. So in terms of politics, this won't be an improvement uh, in the UK or in the relationship between Washington and London. Um, but on the flip side, there, there's nobody out there. For all his failings, especially after he caught COVID, he became a much, much weaker, much more frail individual, uh, personally, but there's nobody, there's no, there's nobody out there of, of substance, of character, of charisma who could easily step into the, the shoes of, of the Prime Minister. So it's a, it's a, he was a disappointment, but things are not going to get better now that he's gone. <laughs>
0: He had two, three noteworthy failings, and uh, if you want to take any of these on, Dr. G, please do. Uh, The first one seemed to be that he blew the opportunity of Brexit, which was a huge opportunity. He seemed to at least understand why it happened. Um, right. And and he, I don't think, has capitalized on or even fully executed it. Uh, number two, coronavirus, he took the establishmentarian approach to uh, a lockdown. When in doubt, lock it down, uh, which seemed to not overall work in general. And then, of course, he had all this hypocrisy scandals where he was throwing parties when the rest of the world was locked down, yeah. and he was commanding people locked down, which is again Trumpian in a way. But he, tr- Trump would have shut that down eventually, like if he got busted. On something like that, he would have stopped it. I think. And um, Trump, yeah. I don't think is actually a big partier. But if he had done made a mistake that was due to the fact that he doesn't care what the media thinks, I think eventually he would have figured it out. And Boris never did. He just kept going, which was very bizarre that he kept doing that.
1: Yeah. Uh, look, uh, good for you for mentioning it. Let, let's give him his due. Uh, really, it was you know it was a, a failure of his his predecessor Theresa May. But at least he did make good. It took a bloody long time, but he did make good uh, on brexit, which let 's recall is, is the biggest expression of uh, a political choice by the British people in the history of the United Kingdom. So when seventeen point what is it seventeen point three or seventeen point four million people voted to leave that socialist construct that is the European Union, that was big. And, and the elite from the House of Commons to the House of Lords to the media to the barristers' associations tried to sabotage that for nigh on three years. And, and he came along and he, you know, he, he won his ticket on that issue and he delivered. It took him time he delivered but you're right it was a missed opportunity afterwards so for all his failings let's at least recognize that as he rides off into the sunset he is the guy that, that, that you know actually initiated or actually implemented brexit
0: I that is a positive to some degree but again it would have been nice if it was done in a way that I think uh, elucidated some of the points that folks like you and I've been making and Nigel Farage of course yeah. about the importance of of the of this populist, nationalist, anti-establishment movement that is, I think, growing in terms of public uh, popularity, but is not necessarily growing in terms of representation in the ruling class. And I guess this is what I fear going forward for the UK is that we could end up taking a step backwards. I know a lot of the names are being talked about to succeed um uh the boris johnson are super wealthy people from uh, the incredible privilege and i'm not anti privilege dr g but i just don't want there to be a disconnect with the public and that is something that uh, we could be looking at that
1: no it's an absolutely fair comment i mean there's a shocking thing is if you just do a little survey of which which uh, private schools and which colleges and i don't mean you know the universities which flipping colleges at cambridge and oxford the elite went to on both sides, whether it's Labour or whether it's the Conservative Party, uh, just as, as we have here, there, there really is a, a uni-party establishment. There's, there's no difference between the, the socioeconomic backgrounds of the people who run that country. So, yes, and, 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 and on the broader point, yeah, there, this, we could actually talk about this for hours. <sighs> there is no Trump. There is no MAGA. There is no America first without Brexit and without Nigel Farage, uh, w- w- without, you know, a-, a thumb in the eye for the establishment in, in just a historic. I mean, when-, when there were parts of northern England that had voted Labour, had voted left since, you know, the creation of the Labour Party, and they said, no, we've had enough with the elite. They've betrayed us. The EU has done nothing for us. The immigration policies are a scandal. And they voted against the establishment uh, for Brexit. That, that, was, that was the beginnings of this, this uh, nationalist movement, this anti-elitist movement. Where does that go now? You know, there's, there's one individual who... Hopefully, is is thinking very hard about things this morning, and that might be Nigel Farage because that you know, God bless him, that was an individual who fought against the elite, was a businessman like Trump. He didn't go to Harrow, Eton, or Cambridge like everybody else. Right. And he delivered. Right. He is the man who, whether it's the UK party, whether it's Brexit uh, as the uh, single issue mm-hmm. voter, he's the man who forced the elite to actually provide independence and sovereignty back to the British people. So, yeah, this when when you saw what happened with their own, you know, it, BLM was a little bit different in the UK, but there were demonstrations uh, of that ilk. And they were fine. Nothing happened to them. And then the clampdowns on those who didn't want more shutdowns, more COVID restrictions. There was such a a, a double standard from the establishment, just as there is here. So, yeah, the the health of the the populist um, movement in the UK is now in, in serious decline because who's going to be the champion where, where are you nigel nigel maybe it's time i know you want to do tv and radio but uh, maybe britain needs you again so maybe if he's listening nigel you might want to step back into the arena
0: well uh, we would love it of course he would be my number one two three four and five choice personally <laughs> but uh, is is that realistic given the way the the system works over there, Dr. Q, which you probably understand better than I do. I mean, what do you think are the likelihood something like that could happen? And assuming the answer is unlikely, do you see anyone else who has potential to move the country forward? I think Nigel himself said uh, he's looking for some backbencher, which is maybe someone who's not as uh, senior and not as well-known in the parliament to step up. Uh, What are the various scenarios from your vantage point?
1: Look, there, there is, of course, a possibility that somebody's going to step up to the plate. There have been charismatic, outspoken, anti-PC uh, individuals who even started new parties like uh, the actor Lawrence Fox, who is is great. I, I love Lawrence Fox. He is utterly you know, anti-woke, anti-political correctness. But for some reason, none of these new parties, these nascent movements, gained the requisite traction to become a national movement uh, like Nigel's did. So... I don't know. I, I think it's, as ever, it's going to be up to the British people. Are the British people going to vote with their feet? Are they going to go out onto the streets? Are they going to protest? Are they going to say enough is enough when another corrupt Etonian and Oxbridge individual is selected to, quote-unquote, lead the country and move into to 10 Downing Street? That's the question. It's really, Brexit only happened... Because the British people said enough is enough. Will they do it now with the next person that is chosen who will make another compromise on, I don't know, the the border between Northern Ireland and Ireland or make some compromise on on fishing rights for French and Spanish vessels in the Channel? If enough people get pissed off, you you know how it is. Why did Brexit happen? Why did MAGA and America First happen? because of what I saw when I traveled with President Trump to you know, the Rust Belt of, of Youngstown, Ohio, when we saw people who were died in the war, working class Democrats, whose parents had been Democrats, whose grandparents have been Democrats. Enough is enough. The, the, the elite does nothing for me. My industry, my whole livelihood has been outsourced to China or to Canada or anywhere else. So I've had enough. Is that going to happen in the UK? I can't predict that. Is there some hidden charismatic backbencher who's going to step up to the plate? There could be. There absolutely could be. But it's going to have to be another iconoclast. What's the big lesson? I mean, you've, you know, Breitbart is is the pillar of mapping this. Your book, uh, Breaking the Media, also touches upon this. What has happened to politics in, in Western civilization? whether it's Orban, whether it's Trump, whether it's Nigel, what has happened is an utter rejection of the professional political class. This is why I I do not understand everybody who's raving about, you know, Ron DeSantis will be the guy who can, you know, step into Trump's shoes. God bless Ron DeSantis for what he's doing in in, in Florida. But he is a politician. And, And the only reason he's successful is because he has modeled himself on Donald Trump. And what is Donald Trump? He may have been president for four years, but the great irony, just watch any one of his rallies, Alex, is he's still not a politician after four years of being president. He says things that politicians just don't say. The, 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 you know, the, the tw- from the tweets to now the Truth social posts, this is not a member of the polished, double-talking uh, elite that we are used to for the last 70 years so is there somebody who's not an establishment figure who has the the legitimacy of somebody who isn't a member of the establishment possibly I don't see it right now let's wait and see Uh,
0: Dr. Gorka again is with me as he is typically on Thursdays and I want to run by uh, something by you because you've also been a steadfast advocate for life as long as I've known you And one thing that has been pretty remarkable that we just caught at Breitbart, and this connects a few major stories that's going on out there that was sort of buried in an AP report that Joe Biden and Biden officials are exploring ways to, quote, provide abortion access to pregnant women and girls in the U.S. immigration custody in states with bans, according to four U.S. officials who spoke anonymously to, to Reuters. Uh, this is something that. If I'm reading this correctly, and I'm pretty sure I am, that the Biden administration is looking for ways to get abortions for illegal aliens who immigrate illegally into Texas, which is going to have hardcore uh, pro-life rules there. Uh, This is unbelievable that we're going to be using our tax dollars to try to shepherd illegal aliens to blue states to get abortions. I mean, are we going absolutely insane in this country?
1: This is the remarkable thing about the last 17 months in America. You you pick any aspect of the administration's policies, uh, truly, and, and let's let's take our personal proclivities out of this. Uh, who we voted for doesn't matter. Just pick, you know, tail the, the, the pin the tail on the donkey and pick a policy area, whether it's the economy, the border, national security, infrastructure, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Every single one of them is disastrous. Now, what is remarkable is despite that performance, quote-unquote, there's never been a mayor culpa, there's never been a recognition. Think about, you know, my arena, uh, national security. Pick one topic, Afghanistan. Since that occurred uh, in, in August, not one person has resigned, just as a, as a matter of honor. Not, not one person has been fired for that absolute strategic disaster. The loss of the only strategic runway in Central Asia, the surrender of $83 billion worth of US equipment and training to the Taliban, the resurgence of jihadi forces in the region, the exploitation by other bad actors, and there's no consequences. So what what does this mean, irrespective of politics? It means that the people making the decisions have an absolute disconnect with reality. I I, I use the phrase they are hostages to their own ideology. There is no sense of truth that can permeate what they do. There are no consequences for failure. So when you see the latest figures that even the Harvard poll says that most Americans, 72%, you probably know better, 76% of Americans do not want to have abortions after 15 weeks. But the government wants to, you know, AOC floating the idea of using national parks for uh, improvised abortion clinics. Now you're trying to provide, you know, the culture of death to illegal immigrants who have been trafficked across the border by coyotes. It means that there's there's not one sane person left. I I don't like Bill Clinton, but at least one thing you could say about Bill Clinton— was he reigned in the maniacs. He reigned in the crazies. When he starts stealing platform policies from Newt Gingrich, you realize that he may be a scumbag personally, but he's not crazy. Alex, these people are insane.
0: Yeah, this is one thing that is striking to me about Biden is it seems like the worse he does, as opposed to trying to be a president for all Americans. It seems like his policies just move further and further left because he wants to make sure that he's got that base locked down. And I just don't see it as effective because the country is moving away from that stuff. Just take the abortion issue in general, where. Uh, There's this massive disconnect between Republicans and independents and even a third of Democrats are not into the extreme policies that are mainstream for Democrat politicians. So it's just the numbers are overwhelming and they're moving in our direction where uh, you can just see it, Dr. G. It just was so the protest, the outrage, it was so flat relative to left wing activism of the last decade and a half. Uh, because I think people have, by and large, moved on. And I think we've gotten the message out effectively that if you love your abortions, you can always go to California and New York, at least right. for now, and, and that's gonna be the law for a while. And um, it, it is it is the way things are for now until there's a, a Republican, um, you know, majorities in both Congresses and a Republican president who could potentially make some sort of a national anti-abortion law. I mean, we're years and years away from that. So all you gotta do is take a Southwest flight to California and you're all good. And I think the word got out on that. And so people acting like this is uh, so important to people that you have to have every single state abortion until the last possible second, and maybe even beyond, it, it just doesn't speak to people the way it used to. And Biden's reaction to this, well, let's get some more abortions going for the, for the illegal aliens. That's how he responds to these numbers.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's stunning. And, and if, you, if you show the clip that we've been using, using as an, ever- <coughs> as an evergreen on my show of Biden not too long ago, looking very soulfully into the camera about abortions and saying that every abortion is a tragedy, and we should minimize them. That, that is the man who said just a few days ago with the same phrase, the decision of the Supreme Court is a tragedy. What happened to this party? I mean, it, it, we, you're absolutely right that, that we have science and we have the people on our side. Every single day, every single week, every single year, we have more evidence. Yes, it's a life. It's a life from conception. Every single week, every single month, more and more people who are crucial in terms of winning the, the cultural war on this issue, more people who are you know, under the age of 30 say, yeah, you know, uh, I'm not sure about this treating abortion as a form of contraception. So everything is on our side. This is this is a win for us. It's not just the recent Supreme Court decision in general. This issue should be in our column. What's their response? To get more insane, for, to, to have yeah. somebody who's been in California like Maxine Waters for, I don't know, 100 years as a politician say, basically, screw the Supreme Court, we don't care what the Supreme Court says. What if one, just one famous conservative politician said,
0: screw the Supreme Court? Just one. Um, Let me um, run a handful of stories by you, and I want to go as quick as I can, Dr. G, because we've been getting carried away as usual, which is good radio, but I do want to cover some of the news with you. (laughs) Um, The the big story of the day, in my opinion, is Biden shipping our U.S. strategic oil reserves to foreign countries, including China. Your thoughts?
1: Mind-numbing. I mean, mean if if one perverted homosexual groping uh, other men can bring down the government of our most important ally this should bring down a cabinet i mean forget the hunter buying a laptop from hell that should have crushed this administration into the dust the idea that it costs over a hundred bucks to fill a tank of gas in america but we are giving our strategic oil reserves to the enemies of the united states that all other things being equal in a normal world that would bring the collapse of of a government no it's just another day for biden so keep banging the drum keep writing those articles bright needs to get out there pushing it because this is the these are the issues that will bring a political middle of the road or even former democrats over to our side this is the kind of stuff that pisses people off alex
0: uh, China has donated a bunch of money to the Taliban. I'm really looking forward to all the woke athletes and woke um, uh, Hollywood stars coming out to, and making a big statement on this and saying how oh, they're going to boycott China and they're not going to work for uh, companies that, that take money or make money from China right after this.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. You know, it's uh, like uh, the, 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 the flight, the massive uh, transports of uh, the pro-abortion activists once they're finished drenching the steps of the Supreme Court in fake blood. I'm waiting for them to uh, fly to Xinjiang province and to fight for the rights of uh, the female Uyghurs in uh, the labor camps. I'm waiting for them to, to fight for the, the rights of women in, uh, in Saudi Arabia, in Afghanistan. I mean, this, this, is the, this is the reality. This is when you realize it's just virtue signaling and indoctrinated little mindless lemmings because they don't give a damn. This isn't about women's rights. is about making me look good in the eyes of my peer- peers. That's all it is.
0: Uh, Exactly. The Biden's DOJ has sued Arizona for requiring proof of American citizens uh, for for proof of American citizenship to vote. They actually don't want this. Uh, This is the Victor Davis Hanson was so prescient in this. He wrote about this in his book The Dying Citizen about how uh, the the trying to give the vote to people who are mere residents and not citizens is basically the end of the concept of, of citizenship, something we'd always valued in America and it served us so well. And you've got the literal DOJ suing arizona for making sure that citizens are the only ones voting uh, again another one where it just uh, he should be impeached so many times over but what's going on here
1: well this is really hugely important and as you're right if you if if, um, if you as you said if you haven't read bdh's uh, dying citizen uh, you must but th- this is the answer if you ever wondered whether it's just incompetence or some grand scheme that two million illegal aliens were let into the United States in in, in the last year and a half. Bingo, here you've got it. This isn't about compassion. This isn't about helping the least fortunate in our hemisphere. It is about creating a new uh, constituency in America. Liberals aren't having babies. They may go crazy when Tucker says replacement policy, but when your federal government actually takes steps to make it easier for those who are here illegally to vote in elections, you know the real reason. Alejandro Mayorkas is trying to steal elections. It's not just voting machines. It's not just, you know, the ballot harvesters of 2,000 mules. It is trying to create new illegal voting blocks that belong to the Democrat Party and secure their power forever. You've got it. This case proves that there's no need for conspiracy theories. This is it. You know, this is how they want to steal elections.
0: Dr. Gorka, excellent as always. America first every afternoon via podcast. Also, you can on the Salem stations for radio. Also, the Gorka reality check on Newsmax. All of his books are excellent as well. Dr. G, always a blast. We'll talk to you next week.
1: God bless you and the listeners. Thanks, Alex. I got American.
0: That's all for today's show. Thanks to producers Haley and Greg Eben. Robert Marlowe helps me pick topics, and all of you who have told 10,000 friends and family members about the show. Breitbart News Daily. Listen to the live show, download the podcast, five star review. All that stuff is really good. And sharing the good news about Breitbart with your friends and family is a big deal to us, and we thank you for it.